All right, you kick us off. Onion. Beef. Yummy. Pork. Spatula. Chewing sounds. I'm just trying to get, trying to get loose. I'm trying to get loose. These after work recordings are rough every time, no matter how good I feel in the morning and how, no matter how like much faith I have in my energy abilities later. Yeah. Pretty much every single time I want to get out of it somehow, but then I, yeah, rally, me too. pull myself up. It's always like <laughs> right before about to record, I have to peel myself off the couch, like an old dirty dry crepe. Yeah. I had to stop my endless viewing of Love Island, tear myself away from the mindless, <laughs> the mindlessness, and actually do a thing. Wow. Well, yeah. all right. Here we are. Let's do it. All right. Okay. Let me look at our script of two lines. <laughs> we Hey, we each have two lines. That's true. Four total. All right. Cool. I'm ready. Yeah. All right. Oh, I'm first. Okay. Hey, welcome to Chewing Sounds. I'm Karen Green. I'm Tony Green. This is a brother-sister cooking podcast. Yeah, I'm the brother, she the sister. Every episode, we choose one dish, a broad general dish, cook two different recipes, and then uh, we get on here, compare and discuss our experiences, trials, tribulations, travails. Chit-chat, bullshit. Chit-chat. Shit-chat. <laughs> you know, we're keeping it loose. Yeah, that's what we do. Oh, man. And we're doing it again. It's it's been a little while, I guess. I don't know. Probably shouldn't yeah. start every podcast with, hey, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, no one cares. This is by no means a professional yeah. podcast. By no means. Well, okay. We did our intro. Check. <laughs> Just, <laughs> may have zoned out. I'm staring out the window now. Okay. Uh, hey, remember um, our last um, episode where we did Tukbaki? And um, we don't we didn't actually know anything about what we were talking about or anything about um, the the Korean national dish that we were talking about. Yes. Cool. Well, I have a little like corrections corner to start out with. Or, oh, like, Karen's correction corner. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you could call it that. Great um, second. Okay, wait, I lost the message. But yes, a month or so ago when we cooked um, jokbaki. And we had a lively debate about how to pronounce it and who was right. Um, it turns out neither of us were or both of us were. I don't know. Anyway, uh, our very good friend, Nick, who is a listener. Shout out to Nick. Um, and he's also lived in Korea for a time and taught English there. Um, he was nice enough to message us and kind of correct us on our pronunciation. And uh, he said that it turns out there isn't a direct analog between the consonants in the Korean language and the consonants in the English language. Some of the sounds in Korean are a hybrid of two consonants. So it is, there actually isn't a T or a D sound at the beginning. It's sort of a combination of both. So It's a T D. It's a sort of a turducken of a consonant. Exactly. In a way, we were both right. And I kind of think we are extra right because we kept sort of, I at least kept switching between T and D, like lightly. I would do light T, light D throughout the episode because I wasn't sure. I was really experimenting with it. Yeah. So, yeah, we were both kind of right and wrong. Um, he does yeah, say mostly that. Mostly wrong. Mostly wrong, yeah. He does say that it leans more towards the D sound. And I think that's kind of what you said last episode. So maybe you were like a teeny tiny slightly bit more right than me. 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't Felt know. Doesn't wrong. But yeah, thanks, Nick, for correcting yeah, us. Yeah, man. Thanks, Nick. That is so interesting because, yeah, I remember like in Bulgaria, they have like a, there's a letter that's a t sound, like a T-S. T. T. Tzatziki. Exactly. <laughs> tzatziki. It's a T-S sound. And they also did not have the th Elliot. sound. That's T.S. Eliot. <laughs> I'm so stupid. I'm so glad I interrupted you for that. Eliot. 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 Yeah, that's how they'd say it. Yeah, they also didn't have a th sound like the th sound. So uh, we had a volunteer who was named Martha, and she became Marta. And then, cool. Yeah, extra little. Just have to throw a Bulgarian fact in there every time. <laughs> Karen's Bulgarian fact corner. I'm pitching oh! segments. That could be a good one. Maybe we should cook a Bulgarian meal next time. I think I'm only saying that because I feel like you continue to choose very good dishes, to be honest. But I am noticing that you have more experience cooking things than I do. Uh, and you chose eggplant parmesan this week. I did, yeah. Um, I think uh, I think I wanted an easier dish. <laughs> I didn't want... Mostly I, d I wanted a dish where I felt like I could source the ingredients all pretty easily and quickly, which Dakboki was not exactly, you know, it, it took a bit of a sojourn for me to go and get the ingredients, even though I found them pretty easily at H-Mart. And so yeah. in the spirit of laziness, I was like, let's do eggplant parmesan. Little did I know, this mother it's effort is so, not easy. <laughs> it's a whole thing. <laughs> this is a saga. Yeah, well... I feel like you should start this week because mine may have been a little bit less of a saga, but we can get into that. But yeah, I mean, I had never cooked eggplant parmesan before. I don't even know if it's something I've, I'm, have had it obviously, but it's not like a usual go-to for me. Is it like a go-to dish for you? Uh, to make? No, I have made it. It's yeah. been quite a while. I would say gun to my head. I have no idea your feelings on eggplant parmesan. If you even like it, like do you even like it yeah, yeah I, okay. I would say that i like it Look but warm. it does to me it kind of feels like um a substitute dish like it's one of those dishes where you're like oh if i have some dietary restrictions or i'm vegetarian or whatever and i can't have uh, chicken parmesan which is superior sorry <laughs> <laughs> no i love then I'll choose eggplant. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, I think I used to think about it that way also. And then I kind of just slowly fell in love with eggplant across all cuisines. Like mm. that Thai, yeah. Thai eggplant with like basil and kind of a black bean sauce style thing. Um, yeah, that's Chinese your go-to like Thai dish to order. Yeah, I, I mean, it is just like basically a flavor sponge. And uh, especially when it's fried, it just takes on a really nice, like sweet, very savory quality even in addition mm. to like the flavors it sops up. So yeah, I'm a big eggplant fan and I love eggplant Parmesan, not even just okay. as a substitute for chicken Parmesan, which I, I'll Parmesan any damn thing. I love them all. But. <laughs> sure. So you would yeah. say they're on like the same level for you. You're like chicken, eggplant. Yeah. I Parmesan. honestly would not say that I get more excited for one over the other. I think that they are, yeah, different and beautiful. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Yeah, I know. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, I think... I definitely, I don't know. It is a weird one for me because I very much enjoy vegetables. So you'd think I'd be more stoked about this dish, but I, it is really hot, tough and we can get into it more, but like the um, texture of eggplant is difficult to get right. So maybe that's why I was also like, 
this was a tricky one. I don't know. Where did you start? Want to just jump into this recipe? Yeah, sure. Um, so I don't have a link to share this time because I used, I'm going to show you, a real effing cookbook. <gasps> oh my gosh. Essentials of classic something. I'll let you say it. <laughs> Italian cooking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Essentials of Classic Italian Cooking by Marcella Hazan, which is probably a name that you recognize at least from her extremely uh, prolifically reviewed tomato sauce recipe online. Oh, the, the bolognese, right? Is she the one that did the... Oh, it might be both. Yeah, she has a marinara yeah. that I'm thinking of that is like kind of, I don't know, it's like legendary, I feel like, because <laughs> it's so simple and it's 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 really classic. Yeah. This is it one of like five cookbooks I actually own. I was so excited to be able to crack it open and use a recipe. Oh, here. I love using a real cookbook. It's, it's so nice, dude. It's the best. I got some sauce on it too. I'm like, I feel so cool. On the eggplant parm page, I got a little bit of red sauce just kind of sticking two pages together. It feels cool. Yeah, really breaking it in there. Yeah, getting it all crusty. Nice. So yeah, I I knew immediately when I said it, I was like, okay, if there's a recipe in that book, I'm definitely using it. Um I would say it's fairly straightforward. You know, she gives a nice little like intro for a lot of these ingredients. She discusses eggplant a bit, the different types. Uh, apparently, given her druthers, she would go with white eggplant, which is, I think, not very easy to find in North America. There's we... a white eggplant? Yeah, dude, I don't know. <laughs> we kind of only have access in this country, I feel like, to like the the big, you know, purple pear-shaped one. And mm -hmm. then sometimes you can find like Chinese and Japanese eggplants, which she notes, you know, do not work for this because they're a little too sweet when they're in Italian food. Wow. I'm already learning so much. See, cookbooks, man. Yeah, it was great. So yeah, I went with the big teardrop pear-shaped eggplant that we all know and love. Big purple guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's straightforward, but it took me absolute freaking ages to make this damn recipe. Uh oh Um. You, but you know, could you? But, did you get everything at one local no. grocery store? No, you had still had to search around. <laughs> I still had to search around. I got oh, everything man. except for buffalo mozzarella. She recommends buffalo mm. milk mozzarella. Buffalo, like wow. This is a thing that I you you know like I've heard of buffalo mozzarella. I don't even think I ever in my brain connected the fact that it is made from buffalo milk. I was just about to ask you that question, and then I was like, is this a stupid yeah. question? It's the milk from buffalo. Yeah, this like this huh. like pampered Mediterranean buffalo that they just like, you know, give scalp massages daily in some beautiful valley in Italy. Wow. Oh my God, this is blowing my mind already. <laughs> yeah, I went to two places. I could not find buffalo milk mozzarella. I got some, you know, just some basic low moisture mozzarella from Trader Joe's. And then it haunted me, the idea that, like, that mm. really savory, chewy mozzarella that you get at really good, like, pizzerias and good Italian places, yeah. that was buffalo, you know? Like, I couldn't live not knowing what the buffalo milk mozzarella was like. So then I went <laughs> over to Whole Foods. I called them up and found out that they do have like an American source, so not like an import. I wanted, you know, the one with like the cool ass seal on it that was like, this is from your fancy Italian buffaloes. Mm -hmm. But all I could find was like a sort of American equivalent. And I screwed up, definitely screwed up here because I didn't get the low moisture one. I mm. got the one that's just swimming in a little bathtub of its own essence. Just yeah, a real... totally different than... I know, and I don't moisture. know what... I feel like if I thought about it for more than a second, I would have gotten the regular, the low mozzarella buffalo. 
the low moisture mozzarella buffalo. <laughs> but, but I it got didn't say in the recipe. Did it say low moisture? It didn't say low moisture. It just said go for buffalo if you can. And um, mm. yeah, I did. When I wound up making the recipe, I did like one to two parts super soggy, barely solid mozzarella to like the solid stuff. Because I was like, I want to compare it, see if it even works to use the bathtub stuff. Get real scientific about this. I like it. The bathtub yeah, stuff. Well, <laughs> I mean, literally, once I cut the stuff open, it's like there's the semblance of, of solidness <laughs> when you touch the outside of it. But you cut it open and it's just like plasma. It just loses all coherence and just turns almost to complete mush. I was like, dude, this is not going to work. This is crazy. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, um, it's not a terribly it's not a terribly complicated recipe. You know, you you do peel the eggplant, you Mm -hmm. slice it lengthwise, which totally threw me off, dude. Okay, I was going to harp on that in my recipe, too. It says cut it lengthwise, and that is a hard thing to do, to cut an eggplant from top to bottom. Yeah. And it never explained why. Why am I doing it this way? <laughs> I seriously reread lengthwise five or six times, like staring back and forth between the word and the eggplant, trying to wrap my head around the possibility that I didn't know what lengthwise meant. I did the like, same thing. In this context, does it actually mean little circles, which was what I want to do? Yeah. Does it actually mean the opposite of what yeah. it means? <laughs> this is the point where I was like, they should make cookbooks. Maybe we should do this. They should make cookbooks with like idiot proof diagrams, like an Ikea instruction Like book. Ikea. Yes, where it just tells you exactly yeah, They're like OCD with dummies a little like us. shapeless meeple next to it, like hello, <laughs> holding yeah. a knife, you know. Yes, and then like a a little dumb shapeless dummy that's cutting it like crosswise, and it's like yeah. no with a big X, X over it. <laughs> yeah, no words, just a universal guide for dipshits. Exactly. Sweet, dude, that right. is a good idea. Lengthwise, it doesn't say why lengthwise. It doesn't say in this recipe, but. Looking into it a little bit more, I realized that this recipe, along with most of them, are more like a casserole. Like, you're supposed to layer this and get a pretty good, hefty number of layers. So you're getting bigger pieces that layer better and don't leave gaps. And you're also essentially doing less dredging and frying because you have longer pieces. Oh, okay. So it all made sense in the end. But Yeah. Well, I do like the idea of frying less pieces i guess yeah dude you know how i feel about home deep frying yeah which is why i was a way, little surprised you chose this so <laughs> yeah in the back of my mind i kind of thought like could i do a good oven baked version but no i was i wanted to do it as classically as i could but i came prepared this time i bought a thermometer to stick into my pot of oil nice to measure the temperature so much yeah oh my god oh oh carrot oh it's like <laughs> night it's like carrot it's like night and day carrot <laughs> I also the temperature got... fluctuates so much, right? Like, oh yeah, wildly. Yeah, as soon, as, soon as you stick something in there that's room temperature, it's yeah, it drops a ton. Man, good job. It also takes so long to heat up, like an inch and a half to two inches worth of oil. Like, there's so no long. way I was getting it hot enough in the past. Yeah, it's a good. I want to. I'm trying to remember the last thing I deep fried. It was a good like 15 or 20 minutes of just heating it. Absolutely, that was my there's, experience. Yeah. There's no way I ever had patience for that in the past. <laughs> F that S. Um, So yeah, I I got one of those. I got a thermometer. I also got one of those little spider baskety thingies, you know, to like dip in there and pull something out. 
like a and McDonald's fry basket type. Basically, yeah. Yeah. But like little, a little uh, cylinder, not cylindrical, round, round little basket kind of thing. Um, cool. Yeah, that you can sort of skim in there and grab your shit with. So like, I was as prepared as I could be. Still sucked. Still ran me ragged. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, okay, back to the <sighs> recipe. Let me just go through this real quick. Okay. Um, peel it. Cut it lengthwise. Salt it. Got to get rid of the bitterness, the bile, the evil yeah. spirits. <laughs> uh, you have to ex- exorcise the eggplant. You got to exorcise the eggplant. <laughs> so I did that. Um, I, don't know, I left it for like 30 or 40 minutes while I prepped everything else. Um, oh. Canned plum tomatoes. You know I'm going San Marzano. Uh, of course. Oh, my That's gosh. Like the- They're so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't even know why they're so good but they just are they're just superior in every way yeah i read upon them a little bit i forget what it said beyond the fact that they are just they're a little bit less acidic mm. but man okay. when you open them and smell them you're just like dude that is what a tomato should smell like and they truly mm-hmm. are magnificent so good job italy yeah i got those the only uh significant swap i made was um rice flour for dredging my um slices instead of wheat flour hmm. but there's not that much flour i probably could have just done wheat flour so anyway you salt them let them sit get some of that water and bitterness out pat them dry dredge them in the flour bam directly into the oil no breadcrumbs no nothing simple approach <laughs> i did not get nearly enough eggplant which is what i realized after frying all of these slices and then making the most pitiful two-layer eggplant parmesan you've ever seen in your life oh, no. it's very sad <laughs> <laughs> um, the sauce is very very easy in this recipe as well it's just straight up get those tomatoes out of the can scorch them up olive oil pan cook it until it reduces a little bit yeah this might be a dumb Salt. question the traditional like eggplant parmesan is it it's battered deep fried eggplant and then it's also usually a casserole baked thing that I don't really know that's how it was here in this recipe. It didn't really mention anything about like, I just assume it is. Yeah. I mean, okay. I think you're always, you know, layering it and then, cause you got to melt the mozzarella. So you're always doing it. Even if you're doing rounds, I guess you're still layering it and putting it into a big casserole dish, you know? Okay. Yeah. To combine it. So with like, the, it's always baked if that's it. what you mean. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And you want the flavors to meld. Um, so yeah, you layer it all up, you know, you got your fried eggplant, you throw on some sauce, some mozzarella, some Parmesan, a little torn basil in between, layer them up as many as you can. Mm-hmm. If your life is sad like mine, you get two layers and you're oh, like, no. oh, wow, I should have measured out what three pounds of eggplant is because it ain't two eggplants. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I think my recipe called for four and I, I had to search everywhere in the grocery store for an actual scale i guess that's those used to be everywhere right like on every aisle in the produce section yeah for sure i remember as a kid throwing random shit in there and just not even really understanding what it was for but just like yeah, it was fun it was a fun toy that was just there to like distract you while mom shopped but yeah, yeah i really had to search for one and it was turned out like i think one eggplant is like a pound so oh really wow then yeah. i wasn't that far off but it felt like i was so under eggplanted for sure oh uh, that is tough I'm sorry. Okay, if I could so, pat you on the shoulder right now, I no, would. thank you. No, it's okay. I mean, the thing is, like, another great thing about this recipe is if you just have all these ingredients 
kind of no matter what you do with them, they're going to taste good, even if it turns out like mine, which was like way too oily, way too mushy, mm. still good. Yeah. I think my eggplants were not perfect. I think they were a little spongy. I think they could have been firmer. And it said three-eighths inch to slice them. I actually got out a tape measure and sliced off a perfect test slice and then did the rest of them that way. Inch. Yeah. yeah, that is hard to like visualize. I feel like <laughs> I'd have to do the same thing. I was like, I have no way of gauging what three-eighths of an inch is. I know it's less than half, yeah. but that doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. And yeah, you stuck this... so closely to the recipe. Like, yeah, <laughs> I really wanted to nail this thing. I even got yeah. the buffalo mozzarella, but I know. I mean, that stuff, that cheese, although it released too much moisture, it did wind up getting just a tiny bit browned when all was said and done. Much less browned, obviously, than the low moisture stuff, but it was still really good, and it okay. did have that buffaloy flavor, mm-hmm. which I will describe as being. A tiny bit briny and a little bit like you're eating a cleaned countertop. And I don't really know what I mean by that, but it has a flavor that's very hard to describe, except that a it's cleaned, like like me- metallic y almost? No. Kind I mean... of. Almost like almost like a ceramic countertop that's been cleaned somewhat recently with chemicals. I can't describe to you why it's good. Yeah. But it just is. It does not sound good. It is. I don't know why. Okay. Actually, it's, it's not little, very good raw. Little kick little tang i don't know (laughs) it's not even tang it's truly hard for me to describe i don't know but it like you could really taste the difference between the two yeah interesting yeah so i really want to try this again i'm gonna do thicker slices Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do real crumbs like i was i was reading this bon appetit guide like you know six rules for the best eggplant ever or whatever that felt Mm -hmm. just a little more planned out it kind of felt like this woman who wrote the book just like cooks on instinct and like things turn out beautiful, you know? Yeah, and I'm not we don't have that, that instinct. No, so I need a <laughs> We got no instincts. Guide. Yeah, so I would I would bread them in actual crumbs. I would shallow fry. I don't think I would deep fry. I think I would just shallow fry one side and then the yeah. other. And the, apparently the breadcrumbs are supposed to stop it from absorbing too much oil. My, you know, my dredge slices absorbed way too much oil. The whole thing was just too smushy and too greasy when all was said and done. Yeah. That does seem like a really hard thing to avoid. I'm actually, I feel like maybe I should just go over my recipe real quick because there's actually more similarities than I thought we were going to have. Mm. <laughs> and then maybe yeah, we can. I've been talking to you. Yeah. That's all I got anyway. No, that was good. Again, I feel like I sort of go into these episodes like not even really knowing what a dish is, even though I like know about it. I'm just like, yeah, eggplant parmesan. Sure. I know what that is. And then it turns out I'm like, what actually is this? So I Best started podcast, man. I didn't even know yeah. which way to cut the damn thing. Uh, yeah. Um, Cause yeah, I started off by looking at my real actual cookbooks as well. And I, I looked at, do you remember like you got me this cookbook forever ago? It's the better homes and gardens, like basic cookbook. And it's like a three ring binder of like recipes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so cute. Um, but I haven't really like cracked it open in a while. So they did have an eggplant Parmesan recipe, which reading through it I was like oh I think this is the basic like you just bread and fry slices of eggplant and then like put stuff on top of it I don't think there was a baking element but anyway that recipe did not tell you to salt the eggplant and let it rest and I was like nope absolutely not you've lost all credibility so you knew that much going in you were like I know I gotta do that I knew that much I knew that you definitely have to salt eggplant because it gets out the moisture and some of the bitterness the 
the bile, like you said. <laughs> yeah. So I threw that book into the corner, um, and then I picked up my roommate's um, Half-Baked Harvest book. Have you heard of Half-Baked Harvest? No, it looks real fancy. Yeah, I like feel like it's... Coffee table kind of book. It's very much... It's one of those... It's kind of like all the rage right now. It's one of those... Um, women who had a, a cooking blog that like blew up and now she's got a bunch of books and it's very popular amongst my, not my demographic, but people my age who are moms. I feel like that's the main demographic of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it very much started, I don't know why I tried to like look into a little bit of like how it got started. And it turns out her first cookbook was called Half-Baked Harvest Cookbook Recipes from My Barn in the Mountains. Oh my god! So it is very much that aesthetic of just like perfectly this woman photographed. A Pinterest algorithm. Yes, she is like not a real human. Yeah, my barn in the mountains, just like whatever. <laughs> Good for you, I guess. Um, but yeah, this is the version that's like it's half baked harvest every day recipes for balanced, flexible, feel good meals. So I feel like it is kind of simplified recipes. Um, but her oven fried eggplant parm does not involve deep frying, <laughs> which is. And you know what? I, dude, I think I agree with it, but go ahead. Yeah, honestly, when I read it, because we did agree we were going to try to go a little simpler and like lower energy with this recipe. And I was like, no deep frying. Sign me up. It's great. Um, but it does sound pretty similar. So it was four plant, four pounds of eggplant, which I determined is four actual eggplants. Uh, cut into quarter inch thick planks it says planks? that seems planks. about accurate quarter inch is tiny okay go ahead yeah it is very thin I think I probably actually ended up cutting it larger than that because again lengthwise it's really hard to like cut super thin planks yeah. on a rounded spherical-ish object yeah very difficult um so olive oil um panko breadcrumbs grated Parmesan cheese, uh, fresh oregano leaves, a cup of whole milk ricotta, um, three-quarter cups pesto. Whoa, and then ricotta, just pesto? Go on. Ricotta, pesto, um, a jar, 24-ounce jar of marinara sauce. And I like that she was specific, and it says, I like Rouse, R-A-O-S. Yeah, she fucking would, too. <laughs> no yeah. Offense. It's pretty good, but it's also very trendy for some reason i don't know why okay yeah i was like i've never heard of this brand but like good marketing team yeah and i found it at fred meyer and i was like perfect this is so easy this is almost the equivalent of like an ikea diagram of like yeah this is exactly what you do um and then it said a cup of low moisture whole milk mozzarella again i appreciate the specific details (laughs) it's so obvious to me now as soon as i took it out of its weird little stasis chamber and plopped it down on the cutting board and it started moving of its own accord. I was like, you know, I think I fucked up. It really is something from like a sci-fi movie of like something that's it's suspended horrific. animation in like a vat of liquid. And like, yeah, it's so weird. And the, the serving recommendations were just like, you just slop it up between some bread. You put it on, you put some olive oil on it. It was like really, really simple. You're not supposed to do anything to it. So I'm not sure if I was supposed to cook the shit out of it, but I did. It's more like a dip than a cheese. You just yeah, ready yeah, to go. Which yeah. I didn't understand because I tried it raw and I was like, nope, no, thank you. Huh. 
wow, I got to try this stuff. I'm still going back to the clean countertop taste. I really got to. Yeah, I don't know why that that, like, that made sense in my brain. You'll have to try it and tell me what you think. Yeah. Well, the easy thing I did is I just, well, I did go to Fred Meyer to get produce, but then I went to Trader Joe's and I literally just got all of these ingredients. Like I got a jar of pesto and like pre-shredded mozzarella and I just went like the easiest possible um, route for all of this. So then, yeah, it's basically just making like an eggplant marinara casserole so you uh cut the eggplant salt it you know let it sit i think i only did mine for like 15 minutes and then you rinse off the excess excess moisture and all that um four eggplants is a lot of eggplant i would say this is but it was a good amount because you do do like three or four layers um yeah so yeah at this point it's pretty simple you just sort of like mix together olive oil, breadcrumbs, and Parmesan and oregano. And then you kind of pre-bake the eggplant, which was a little tough only because I feel like my eggplant too just like ended up too mushy in the end. And I don't know how you would even like keep a good texture on the eggplant because it's baked for like 25 to 30 minutes and then you bake it again once you've like layered all the sauces and whatnot. And then it just kind of, like mine ended up very tasty. I mean, it was nice because I literally, this was something very satisfying is that you just end up using like the entire 24 ounce jar of marinara and the entire jar of pesto. And then you don't even have to deal with like little leftover oh, bits of stuff. That's <laughs> great. Man. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, which was very nice. Um, but yeah, it kind of, and then, so at the very end is when you add the, mozzarella so you sorry you mix the pesto and ricotta together and that's a layer and then the marinara sauce is a layer and the eggplant's a layer and you do all that and then at the very end you add the mozzarella and bake it for a bit and then in the last like 15 minutes I think you uncover the thing and then add the breadcrumbs so they stay nice and um not soggy and all that Oh, so you don't you don't even coat the eggplant in the breadcrumbs? No, you just you, you bake just do it the on eggplant. top to get some crisp. Yes, exactly. Huh. So it's just layers of sauce and eggplant, and then the top is mozzarella and the crispy breadcrumbs. Yeah, so, damn. Yeah, but okay. it kind of turned into in the end, not a glop. It was a little bit of a glop. It like it, it felt like a a dip that I should like spread on a piece of bread, like not like a whole meal with various textures and whatnot. But the flavor was great. I mean, you could taste the the pesto still and the marinara was nice and tangy and yeah, flavor. I gave it an A, but the texture I was like, eh, I need yeah. something else. <laughs> that's that's how I felt too. I mean, I think ideally, yeah, you'd want to avoid moisture as much as you can in this recipe, which is hard to do because you're putting a lot of moisture into it. But Eggplant is, yeah, it's just kind of scaffolding, you know, to prop up these great ingredients that are the yeah. cheese and the sauce. I, I still feel like you need a little bit of that fried flavor, though. Yeah, the fried flavor is nice. I mean, I guess that was the tough thing about, like, eggplant is that even though I baked it, and I think it says to bake it until it gets a little bit, like, browned, there's, I feel like there's no way to do that without just turning the eggplant into mush. Even after salting it, there's too much moisture in eggplant to really get it browned. Um, 
But I will say that this doesn't say to peel the eggplant, which actually is good. I feel like that helped make some parts like firmer because you still get oh, the, the skin, skin helped. Yeah, the skin helped like keep its form. Otherwise, it would have been like super mush. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I've never peeled before, and uh, yeah, the skin and eggplant cooks pretty well, and it's not like a huge deterrent to eating it by any means. I don't know. I might leave it on in the future. Yeah, I think that part worked. Yeah, I, I think I would go thicker slices. And I also don't know that I will ever make eggplant parmesan at home again because it's kind <laughs> of a lot of work and I would rather just get it at a restaurant when it's done really well. Yeah. I would say, I don't know if I would make this recipe again just because I then had just an entire casserole dish full of eggplant glop that I then just ate for the next I actually still have like the very last serving in my fridge, even though I made this like a full week ago, at least. Yeah. And I just don't even know if I can finish the last helping because I'm a little bit sick of eggplant parm at this I point. I still have a helping also in my fridge. And uh, yeah, it didn't turn out perfect. And uh, I don't think it's a recipe I'm going to work on perfecting really. Yeah. Because I think at the end of the day, I do ultimately want it to be fried. And I'm almost never going to choose to make a big dish for myself that involves a lot of fried components. Mm -hmm. It's just too much work. I think I've learned that I don't necessarily want to make a whole casserole's worth of food for myself because I don't enjoy eating the same thing day after day. I guess I could have frozen half of it or whatever, but I also don't eat stuff after I've frozen it. So No, yeah, that's just know. a lie. A little a little cold lie you tell yourself for like six months until you have to throw it away. And by yeah. six months, I mean two years. <laughs> two years At of least. complaining about how you have no room in your freezer and then being like, oh, yeah, all these little guilt trips I laid on myself, like I'm going to eat this later. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Plus, if I'm going to all the effort of like cooking for myself, I kind of want just like a nice little one-plate meal for myself. I don't know, something more than just like heaping a glopping thing of eggplant onto my plate and calling it done <laughs> yeah i feel you i i think there's probably a somewhat short road to getting this recipe on the right track for me but i don't think i'm gonna walk it um <laughs> yeah. yeah too many pots involved um yeah that's a no for me doc but uh i'm excited to try the recipes in this book because i know this lady knows what she's talking about yeah, that's a, an exciting cookbook. You know, I will yeah. try more. Uh, I've done some other recipes, half-baked harvest recipes, and this lady's a little pretentious, but she does know what she's talking about, so I'll try some more. I can't believe we both used cookbooks. That's cool. Yeah, we're cool. Look at us. <laughs> so cool. uh, all right. Uh, any final words on eggplant parmesan? Um, That might be all she wrote on that. Um. I don't know. We could talk about... Nah, you know what? I think we're good. F it, yeah. Yeah. We usually talk about like dishes and stuff, but I don't know. That's not as big shit a Shit tons of them. Yeah, I had a shit For ton me, too. it was a lot. I feel like it's funny because that was a big concern of mine when we first started doing this podcast. I was like, oh God, how many dishes am I going to dirty? But now I have a dishwasher. So like... Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I have dishwasher privilege, and I don't care about you non-dishwasher people anymore. <laughs> Dude, we're in, like, a different class now. Yeah. You're going to, like, spit on me in public if you see me. I mean, it's just that I've become unrelatable, I suppose. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
Have you seen those advertisements from Cascade dish um, folk who are like, hey, you can actually run your dishwasher with like half of one fork in there. It's fine because it's so much more efficient than hand washing. It's like the worst. It's the worst ad campaign. It's so transparently bad. (laughs) That is not cool, Cascade. The whole point of it. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, like, okay. I have heard that using a dishwasher is actually more, what's the word you just said? <laughs> yeah, water efficient than hand washing. More water efficient than hand washing. But yeah, not if you're washing like one plate. Yeah, it's absolutely, that's absolutely true. And they've taken that and kind of twisted it through like a, an evil marketing machine to be like, hey, don't wait to fill up the whole dishwasher. Treat yourself. Do half a load. Who gives a shit? You're still coming out on top. And I'm like, dude, that's not the point. You jerks. God. Yeah, it sucks. I hate it. Yeah. Boo. Well, anyway. that's like Karen, are you ready to get quizzed? <laughs> I am ready to be quizzed. You ready for my jarring segue into Tony's quiz corner? <laughs> Absolutely. Bring it on. All right. Let's do it. The Wikipedia page for eggplant is tremendous, enormous. Okay. At least one person, for some reason, I get the feeling that it is like one just eggplant super fan that created it. There's so much information on there. So little of it lends itself to a mildly amusing quiz, I must say. Oh, no. Pretty dry, huh? Yeah. Unlike (laughs) our eggplant slop and my space cheese... My cryogenic space <laughs> cheese. That's not that because that would be frozen. Anyway, my very Do you have wet any of that left over, by the way? Uh no. I used the very last bit of it last night when I made kind of like a baked pasta dish, which is something I like to do sometimes when I have leftover mats. I just nice. like make pasta with sausage, like undercook the pasta and then yeah, sauce sausage and then coat it all with mozzarella and broil it. Ooh. So I used like yeah, half and half the rest of my low moisture and excessive moisture mozzarellas. Okay, good. So you don't have a leftover mozzarella ball suspended in liquid? <laughs> suspended. No, but if mozzarella. I had not thought to make that dish last night, I would have it in there until it truly was alive, until it was like whispering my name in the middle of the night. I would have left that in there for so long, just having no idea what to do with it. Because, you know, it was like $12 cheese. Yeah, I'm absurd. afraid that's what might happen with my ricotta because I did end up using like all of the sauces, but then the cheese I have left over. And when you open, um, so there's like a little tub of whole milk ricotta at Trader Joe's. And when you lift the lid and it has that like seal over it, there's this whole warning about like using it immediately and like it'll grow mold and just all these. I just, I've never seen such an intense cheese warning on anything before. Wow. Yeah, I've, I haven't either. It's just like, be careful. This stuff gets moldy really, really fast. Yeah, I should have uh, kept it and like read it out to you. But it was just like, the second you open this, you better freaking eat it. Otherwise, it's going to kill you. <laughs> Dude, so. you're going to like, you're going to wake up on Monday and have another roommate. And it's just going to be this little <laughs> blue glob wandering around, like walking out of walking out of the shower with a tiny tail around its waist. Like, hey, Karen, how you doing? Yeah, <laughs> you know. The name's Ricky. <laughs> Ricky Ricotta. Hey, it's Ricky Ricotta. <laughs> I'm excited for that moment because you know I haven't thrown that out yet and I'm not going to for like <laughs> at least two more weeks. <laughs> You're like me, Karen. We're very much the same. 
All right, quiz time. All right, let's quiz. Let's quiz you. All right. right. Number one. According to traditional 13th century Italian folklore, the eggplant causes which of the following? A, lasciviousness. (laughs) B, sterility. C, insanity. Or D, goblin thoughts. (laughs) Oh, man. I feel like it can't be a bad one. I don't know. They were all a little bit bad. All right. What were they None of those are good. (laughs) Sterility is, I mean, you know, subjectively, I guess it could be good. It's fine for me. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be fine. A, lasciviousness, Mm -hmm. you know, lewdness, impure (laughs) thoughts. B, sterility. C, insanity. Or D, goblin thoughts. Take that to mean whatever. The thoughts of a goblin or thoughts about goblins. (laughs) Whatever you think that means. Like goblin dreams? I don't know. Or maybe Uh, you just start to think like a goblin. That would be pretty bad, I think. Yeah. They don't seem to have great... Most of my knowledge of goblins is based on uh, Labyrinth. And they didn't have a lot of Mm, interesting thoughts, I'd say. I don't trust them. No. I guess I will go with lasciviousness. You know, that's a really good guess, which is why I included it. It is actually C, insanity. What? Okay. Yeah. I, I was definitely thinking, like, it can't be a bad one, because then how would they, how would we still be, like, using eggplants in Italian dishes? But they were just like, sure, I'll risk insanity to eat this <laughs> eggplant. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could tell you more, but I do have a, a somewhat related question, which is number two. Okay. Due to its reputation for, an, I actually, wait, sorry, I do think that, like, Okay, so eggplant is part of the nightshade family, right? Which, like, people will tell you causes inflammation and is mildly poisonous. So throughout history, I think, and in a lot of different cultures, there is this weird balance of, like, okay, eggplant is kind of dangerous. You have to salt it. You have to, like, care for it in certain ways. But it is, like, it does have a a bad reputation in some ways. But then it's also, like, Hmm. almost ubiquitous across a lot of different cuisines, which is interesting. So... That is interesting. Also, yeah. I feel like a little bit Check of out the badass. Wikipedia page. We risked, we risked the eggplant. Oh, yeah. We risked mild inflammation <laughs> to eat yeah. all that stuff. Also, tomatoes and nightshades. So we were, dude, we were shading it up. Wow. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Number two. Due to its reputation for inducing madness, one Italian name for eggplant during the period could be translated to what? A, cuckoo fruit. <laughs> B, rage apple. C, <laughs> C, bananas, banana, or D, long asshole grape. <laughs> oh my gosh, rage apple! Is Happy so to good. read this again <laughs> if you need it. Please read them again. I'm ecstatic to read them again. Okay. <laughs> okay. During the period, 13th century, around there, Italian mm-hmm. folklore, etc. Madness translated: A, cuckoo fruit; B, rage apple. C, bananas, banana. D, long asshole grape. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love all of these. I I don't know why, but like rage apple is really just tickling me. So I'm gonna go with that one. Hell yeah, girl, get it. Yes, dude. Rage, rage apple. apple is so good. <laughs> yeah, it's apparently still called like a mad apple or something in like parts of I don't know Southeast Asia or something like that. Wow. I might be totally misquoting that, but yeah, that that 
idea of an eggplant has like persisted long, long after it was decided that it probably didn't make you go crazy. <laughs> yeah, but it's a fun story. <laughs> it's great, man. What a history. All right. Number three, it's time to enter a game within a game, a game within a <gasps> quiz, Karen. Wow. You're going to help me distinguish between cultivars of eggplant and strains of marijuana in a game I'm calling <laughs> Faded or Nightshaded. I'm going to give you eight oh options. God. Each one is either a cultivar or breed of eggplant or a strain of marijuana. You tell me which. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have Are to you go ready one to play? Faded so. or Nightshaded? <laughs> I'm so excited. This is the best. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about this one. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. Number one. Mm-hmm. Harris Special High Bush. <laughs> Faded. Eh, that no! is an eggplant. What? Look at my smug face. You couldn't imagine how happy I was to come across the similarity between these two. Oh, my gosh. The Venn diagram of these two is great. Yeah, I'm also at kind of a deficit because I thought there was only one kind of eggplant, and I'm not a big smoker, so this is going to be <laughs> I'm coming oh, in blind yeah. here. No, I'm not giving you any anything. <laughs> okay. This. What was the okay. name of that one again? <laughs> the Harris Special High Bush. Okay. Hibbish. I might be saying that wrong, but come on. Yeah. Harris Special High Bush. That's an eggplant and not weed. That's crazy. Crazy. Even as you were saying it again, I was I was about to guess faded again. Like if you had told me that, you're gonna like, buzz in and be like, That's... "Faded." Can I change my answer to faded? Yeah, I'm like, oh wait, you just told me the answer. Still right. wrong, Miss Green. Uh, <laughs> number two, Granddaddy Purple. Oh, sh- crap! I know. Oh my god, I'm gonna play you like a fiddle, girl. I know. All right, faded. You're right. Yes. That's weed, baby. Yeah. Granddaddy is, purple. Man, that's so tricky. Because I feel like weed strains, they like to use the name purple. Maybe because purple oh, haze, they love right? it. Yeah. They all that was the only to... one I got to use. There was like, you know, three or four or five purple ones. I can only use that what one. What if purple haze was actually talking about eggplants? Whoa, dude. Whoa. You mean the Jimi Hendrix song? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> purple haze, all in my brain That was or all about eggplants. <laughs> Dude, Eggplant insanity. One, yeah, he had one too many rage apples. <laughs> Got blitzed and lit his guitar on fire. <laughs> All from eggplant parmesan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. You're one for two. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Number three, faded or nightshaded, Acapulco gold. Faded. Acapulco gold. You are correct. <laughs> That's faded, baby. That's marijuana. Yes. yes. All right, moving right along now. She is in the black, whichever one's good. She's in the good one. (laughs) Number four, speaking of black, black magic. Black magic, Oh, no, no, I'm overthinking it. Is that marijuana? That's that's an eggplant, baby. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, it's on the fence, that one. Would that be like a darker eggplant than what we're familiar with no idea who knows all right just, no follow-up questions i think so yeah yeah i think it is that would definitely be one of the like dark like black purple skinned ones yeah okay i mostly just scanned the page for really good ones though <laughs> that's great all right next up this would be what are we on six nope five 
Really? Little fingers. Little fingers. Little fingers. Eggplant? That's eggplant. Oh, yes. Okay. Nicely cool, cool, done. Cool. That's eggplant. Little finger. Is it little All baby right. eggplants? Sorry. I said no follow-up questions. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'll come with more contextual information next time. Okay. All right. Number six. Golden goat. Ooh, golden goat. Golden I want to say eggplant. I'm sorry, but you would be wrong. Uh, That's faded, yeah. baby. That's right. marijuana. Yeah. You know, whatever the answer is, it makes sense. So I'm not going to be too hard yeah, on myself on this one. It could make sense for either one. This is really a shot in the dark. You just It's a 50-50 chance. Yeah, I don't know what to tell right. you. You can't go with your gut. Golden goat. Number sure. seven. Ooh, this is a good one. <laughs> White widow. Oh, my God. I mean, I feel like I have a good chance if I just... <laughs> Tony, for those who can't see, is doing an air guitar solo. <laughs> a very tiny one. Yeah. And it's the whammy is... bar. Eddie's killing it. I mean... Poof. Dude, I'm killing it. He's into it. Um, wait, what were we talking about again? <laughs> White Widow. <laughs> White Widow. <laughs> All right, based purely on Shaded the fact... Shaded Yeah, purely on the fact that you informed me that there are white eggplants. I'm going to go with nightshaded. Man, it's like the con goes on through the whole episode. It's oh like this gosh. whole thing is an Ocean's Eleven style con <laughs> that I'm just tricking you with. Day That's is faded, night, baby. up is That's down. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're going to flash back to all these little hints that I dropped earlier. <laughs> oh, there are white eggplants. Nah, nah. Nah. That was a red herring. That was just to lead me astray. It was. All right. You followed my breadcrumbs. You followed my panko crumbs. <laughs> right into the fryer. Okay, number yeah. eight. Let's end with a bang. And how could we not when it's Louisiana Long Green? <laughs> Louisiana Long Green has. Louisiana Long Green. Louisiana. Don't know much about. See, I'm overthinking it when I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's a 50 50 chance. I don't sure. know many eggplant dishes in Louisiana or if they grow eggplants there. I'm going to go with faded. I am starting to feel bad. That one's nice. Oh, That's my an eggplant. <laughs> gosh. Well, that was horrendous and so much fun. And I don't Didn't care how many I got fun. right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Round of applause for Karen Green, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. And now we're going to move solo. away from eggplants. She gets her own little guitar solo. We're going to move on to number four, <laughs> which is part of what I'm calling the buffalo portion of the quiz. Ooh. I started looking up buffalo-based stuff because I couldn't come up with any more eggplant questions. Sounds great. So tell me, Karen, when an American bison is bred with a domestic cattle, what is the resulting animal called? Whoa. Okay. Is it A, a beefalo, <laughs> B, a cowfalo, C, fluffalo, oh. or D, a mufuleta. <laughs> Wait, mufuleta is mufuleta. something else. <laughs> Just tell me the first two again. First two, okay. Mm -hmm. This one's hard, obviously. They all sound very similar. A, yeah. a beefalo, or <laughs> C, or B, I mean, sorry, a cowfalo. 
All right. This is a American buffalo and a cow. Yes, technically an American bison, which is not a quote-unquote true buffalo in the genetic sense. Oh, Go man. ahead. And this is a whole other wormhole. You, don't, but you like, don't need to know that. Yeah, buffalo versus bison. Okay, I don't know. I'm going to go with beefalo. Dude, you're right. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Yes. She's back on the board. Beefalo. I believe because this breed was created specifically for beef production. <laughs> they called it a beefalo. Wow. That's a That's little harsh. bit grim. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little cynical. I don't know about that. It's like, hey, man, you're getting killed. That's your life's purpose. Yeah. You're just a flesh from now on. <laughs> yeah. This is all definitely reminding me of, are you thinking of this too, when we went hiking on Catalina Island and there was just like buffalo wandering around? <laughs> yeah. And we were amazed at the majesty of these creatures and then we got to a little tiny cafe that sold buffalo meat burgers and i was like hell yeah cook me up one of those i was so excited we were so hungry i had no qualms whatsoever because we'd just been like walking in the heat all day with back we were very unprepared for backpacking like it was our first backpacking trip ever yeah and it was just like yeah feed me some of that buffalo sounds great i lost one of my big toenails on that trip and it ain't never been right since (laughs) no it's always been well messed up Uh, it's always been a little slow (laughs) it's not like the rest of them Okay, moving uh, right along. Good times, yeah. Number five, which of the following facts about Buffalo, New York is not true? This Mm-mm. one gets a little wordy. Hang in there with me. We're talking Buffalo, New York. Which one's not true? Mm-hmm. A, the father of landscape architecture in the U.S., Frederick Law Olmsted, once described it as the, quote, best planned city in the United States, if not the world, end quote. B, The National Geographic Society ranked at number three in its 2015 list of the world's top 10 food cities. C, I know. In 2021, Travel and Leisure Magazine ranked at number seven among the best cities in America to visit. Hmm. Or D, President Benjamin Harrison was assassinated there at the 1901 Pan American Exposition. One of these None of this quiz is easy, Karen. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. All right. One of these is not one true. One of these is not true, meaning three of them is true, which any way you slice it is, you know, pretty is fascinating. Is that the assassination one? Yes. Ding, 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 dong, ding. Yes. All right. Ding, 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 dong, ding. <laughs> it wasn't Benjamin Harrison. He was fine. He wasn't murdered. It was actually oh, God. William McKinley, who was indeed assassinated there by an anarchist whose name I've forgotten. Wow. I feel like I learned nothing in history class. Yeah, me neither. None of the cool stuff. We just learn from podcasts now. Yeah, and this quiz, which is great. I get to go on Wikipedia (laughs) and look up Buffalo, New York. Yeah, we're actually replacing American education with this. Oh, man, I love that. What a legacy. Wow, so it's a great food place. Yeah, I wanted to return to that. National Geographic Society ranked at number three. In the world. In the world for food. That does not even make sense to me. Were these people bribed? That just seems crazy, but I don't know. Have they been to New York City? Was that number one or like? Dude, I don't know. Paris, France, probably pretty good too. I don't know. Yeah. You could almost source every one of these cities from Italy and not have to include Buffalo, New York, but I don't know. I never been there. (laughs) Maybe we should go. Yeah, it'd be fun. (laughs) Chewing sounds road trip. All right. Freddie Olmsted called it, you know, best planned city in the United States. Um, hmm. 
Okay, sixth and final question. Which of the following ridiculously named musical acts began in Buffalo, New York? A, the Goo Goo Dolls. B, <laughs> Chumba Wamba. C, Huba Stank. Or D, Katy Perry. <laughs> I love that these are all real, like... Uh, sometimes the line between made-up goofy stuff and reality... It's so thin, so blurry. Yeah, that one wrote itself. That was easy as hell. Yeah. Uh, which one is from Buffalo, New York? What were yep. they again? A, the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> B, Chumba Wumba. C, Hooba Stink. D, Katy Perry. Oh, boy. I know nothing about any of these bands. I'm going to say Chumba Wumba because it's fun to say. It was the Goo Goo Dolls. I'm so sorry. Ah, oh, man. I don't know why I thought Chumba they were Wumba from like the Midwest or something. British. Oh, you know what? You're right. I can just I can, see like... them like speaking in an accent for some reason. Yeah, even the songs a little bit in English. an accent, right? Yeah. yeah. I'll get knocked down, but I'll get up again. again. You have got keep me down. <laughs> Oi! Yeah, that was it, huh? That's exactly <laughs> yeah, that's how they exactly. sounded. Why did I oh, put that? Got knocked down. <laughs> you have to be like really British for that accent to come out and singing, and they like nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> to not just kind of sound a little bit American, like most yeah, exactly. Do, I feel like. <laughs> oh gosh, that was a fun one. Yeah, another perfect score, Karen. Nicely done. Thank that you. That was Tony's quiz corner. Man, applause to Tony for coming up with these. Thank you, thank you. Man, so good. Well, uh, that was it. That just seemed to fly again by. To the end. Oh. Karen has frozen. Who knows if her audio is being recorded still? Your video is frozen. Oh, no. I'm frozen on her end. She's frozen on mine. <laughs> oh, shoot. All right. Hey, we're going to find out what we just recorded <laughs> after we... An ignominious, yeah. ignoble, I don't know, ending to this episode on Eggplant Parmesan. <laughs> All right. Bye. I've been Tony Green. And I've been Karen Green. And this has been Chewing Sounds. Au revoir. Chewing, Chewing sounds. sounds.